Hey guys, my name's Kim and I've got Catherine and Matt from Superb Learning with us today on the Deep Dive podcast. These guys are great partners of ours. We do a lot of work together in the e-learning and instructional design space. And both of us, or all of us together, have been kind of on our own little journey around gamification. Uh, I went to a workshop to learn about it from a uni perspective and these guys have recently written a blog on it and I thought, Great opportunity to get uh, people that are passionate about it and have interests in gaming at home um, onto the show and yeah, <laughs> avid fan over here. Um, so yeah, just like let's explore basically gamification and how it can be used in the learning space. So I am going to throw it over to you, Catherine, mm -hmm. because I know you are super passionate about games. I am. And I would like to know what is it? that gets you playing games, or do you play for hours and hours? Yes, I have. Uh, I have literally put about 200 hours into one game. Wow. Not at one time, that was broken <laughs> up. But I have uh, game to a point where eight hours will just go. Yeah. What game is it? Um, I play a lot of role playing. Yep. So uh, it's Final Fantasy series, but there are others, and um, that's the main one. And why are you hooked so much? How can you put 200 hours of your life into it? <laughs> well, there's many reasons. I think, especially with that um, franchise or role play, that's the whole point. You get uh, in role, you get to choose character, and I think it's that autonomy, that control over who you want to be. And it's designing a character too, so you have that chance to um, and choose different abilities. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And then you get to obviously be be that character. I can just spend hours just making the character, but I think it's also the other characters within the game. So, and the storyline is amazing. It's so detailed, and yeah, it goes on goes on for ages. The story. Oh, cool. Yeah. Are there other games like what's a game that hasn't hooked you? Probably more shooting games. Yeah. Um, Why is yeah. that? Because uh, I'm not very good at shooting. <laughs> I always miss. I'm like a stormtrooper. Um, <laughs> but um, no, I think I, I, I like the whole fact that it's role play because you do become immersed into the story. There's the whole world. There's the map that you can um, go in. And, and you have um, that freedom to go on your own journey as yeah. well. That's cool. Yeah, and you have you have quests and and that's the whole idea of accomplishment. So I will farm for hours. I will just go and kill one enemy for hours and hours and hours because they need to drop a specific <laughs> um, something, you know, that's valuable to yeah. making a weapon to and and you just you want that sense of achievement that you want to gain yeah, that thing. I love it. Yeah. So that they're really cool things though. So you got sense of achievement, yeah. the autonomy, mm -hmm. you love the story and the, yeah, characters, the characters that you get captured in. What about you Matt? Do you play games and like what's has it ever captivated you? No, I, I haven't really been a, a huge game player. Um, yeah. just I've probably been yeah busy, busy doing other things. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, yeah. No, no, but I, I, I understand what Catherine's saying and, and yeah, there's certainly some really good stuff and there's some good research actually around, you know, taking back to the learning piece around that people are actually more engaged in a learning piece if they actually can select the avatar that they're going to be and if yeah. there's that, that autonomy, yeah, to, to sort of select who they are and what their character's going to be, um, it's, it actually adds to the, to the experience. So I think there's a lot of stuff that 
is, is done in, in the gaming type space that you know, we should be duplicating or looking at how we can duplicate into, into learning experiences. I mean, you know, you, you probably would never say to someone, hey, here's a course, and go and, you know, it's going to be two hours of doing this course. Yeah. But if you actually had content and someone spent two hours, you know, delving into content because they had all of those things, the personalization, you know, the, the ability to, to go on their own journey to get that content that they needed for their own, you know, for their own personal development, then, you know, that would be great if they're, they're doing that. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, at the moment, people probably try and avoid anything that's more than an hour long because it's boring and batshit and, and they don't <laughs> want to do it, you know, so. Yeah. Um, Certainly, bringing in those elements of gaming and having people motivated to do that is, is something we need to be looking at more. Yeah. And this, it's something we're certainly talking about, and how we can actually, yeah, bring in more of those game elements and, and do more game stuff. Yeah. And I think the role play piece as well is another good one. Um, you know, where you're, you're then asking people to to rely on their own experiences, not simply regurgitate what they've been told. Yeah. yeah. When we talk about the game elements, I know what always comes up to. <laughs> when I talk with clients and they say, we want gamification. Normally what they want is just something that looks colorful um, and it probably goes to the extent of their knowledge, which is around points mm -hmm. and badges. But we know that it goes beyond that and there's more to motivation. So what can you guys share on that? Look, I mean, certainly we do a lot with, you know, with um, stuff around, around or certainly around points and badges, you know, with with the social learning platform curator and, and a lot of that and that does work well so it's not sort of yeah certainly wouldn't be discounting the idea of points and badges because they are great for motivation and there's been again some good research uh, I remember reading this article about an organization that was using badges to um, as, a, as a way to motivate their staff and the staff who were getting badges for completing courses and when they brought that out there was actually a, a, a large increase in the uptake of courses that people were doing then they went, oh, hang on, this actually been, this has been really popular, it's been a really huge uptake. Right, how about if we now allow people to actually trade those badges in for material things, such as free lunches, you know, wow. an hour off work, all that sort of stuff. There was no further increase in, in the uptake. So people were simply motivated by getting the badges. The, the material rewards didn't matter to them. It was the badges that they were actually engaged with and, and also the competition. So mm -hmm. that's the thing, and that's where I think the, the points comes into it quite well, is you know, you can actually then have leaderboards and stuff like that as part of the points and bring in some competition. Yeah. And certainly if you've got a training program um, that is you know, internal and you've got people you know, like, oh, Catherine, you know, like, and we'd, we'd probably be end up competing against each yeah. other, trying to get them more points, you know, just to have yeah. that bit of, you know, bit of kudos where you can actually go, hey, I've got more points than you. And, and you do that by, by sort of getting in and, and, and learning and motivating. So, yeah, I think there's some good stuff around that. But certainly, yeah, going beyond that into mm. those other things that Catherine was talking about before, that's the next the next level of it. And, mm. and it needs to, and it needs to have the right sort of course as well. You yeah. know? I mean, there's some things where you probably wouldn't, you know, it probably wouldn't wouldn't gamify things. Mm. You know, we we developed a, you know, a, a while ago developed a course around um, domestic and family violence probably wouldn't gamify that, yeah. you know, um, but then there's other things, compliance type courses, mm -hmm. that, yeah, yeah, you could, so yeah, it's a matter of working out where it fits. Yeah, how do you determine where it fits? Where, what's a good course, like what's your process that you guys use? 
Um, that's a good question. I mean, I suppose it's a lot of it comes down, unfortunately, to to I suppose the clients clients' appetite for what mm. they want to do and what they're willing to willing to invest in. Um, but I think what it comes what I look at is things around where we can actually give people the freedom and autonomy to explore yeah. and then reward them for that exploration. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so certainly things like compliance where, you know, if you think about, um, you know, a lot of people are probably, unless they're very new into the organisation, have probably been in other organisations, probably had to do other compliance type courses, you know, health and safety, privacy, all that sort of stuff. Or your soft skills, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone at some stage has probably been a customer. So they probably don't need to be told these are the top 10 things around customer service. So you can probably build a really cool game yeah. around, okay, here you go, you've got to do some stuff in, in a customer service experience. Um, and that to me is those sort of things where you go, okay, well, if people have already got a level of knowledge, then I certainly think that we can build on that knowledge and throw them into a game rather yeah. than simply having them, you know, being sort of passive observers and sort of lean back as, as they're doing the, you know, reading dull content. Yeah. So, yeah. Sort of applying that knowledge, like in the game as well, we have what we call non-playable characters. Yeah. Uh, and they're the ones that you go up to in, in, a, in a situation, you need stuff from them, but, and they set you little mini quests and you interact with them. And it's like that idea, they give you a dilemma or they give you, and you feel you have to solve it for them. Yeah. Uh, and there is reward in that once you do, but again, it's relational. Yeah. So within the game, you're building relationship yeah. and interacting with other characters. And I suppose you've got that emotional connection to them because yeah. that they've asked you to do this for yeah. them and maybe they've told you some backstory around, exactly. I don't know, my, my family and yeah, all this kind absolutely. of thing and then you're like, oh, I want to help them. Yeah. And, and you also work as a team. You have to have people that come on board and you, you uh, play against particular monsters or bosses as yep. we know them and, and they've got different skills and, and you have to you know work as a team and then of course there's the also if you're gaming online you're there's that social aspect to yes. it and then you you will chat and make friends with people from all over the world and you will help each other and share knowledge wow. with them. so there's that social yep. learning do you enjoy it. that side of it when yeah. you have that global experience yeah absolutely and what you tend to do if you you know, you're not really used to the game or there's a really hard part, yep. you all join in <laughs> and you have your different roles and you go into a dungeon yep. and you've got more experienced players and, and you're learning from them. Yeah, you know, wow. Social aspect. That's really cool. It reminds me of um, an experience I had where I, th I think it was World of Warcraft, yes. right? And so we basically, I was doing a leadership course mm -hmm. and we were all there to develop our leadership skills, but we played World of Warcraft mm -hmm. from around the world. We had to log in yep. and to achieve the quests. And it was so interesting. Yep. So we had these coaches who were like listening in virtually, but their characters were like flying off in the sky and they mm -hmm. just observed. But we had to do quests by the little characters that we'd meet along the way. And then we had mm -hmm. to, we'd each take a turn of like, it was from two hours. So we get half an hour of leading our group. And it was about how we interacted with each other. Yeah. Did we check in? Like, because I remember the first time I played it, I couldn't bloody move my character and yeah. I wasn't running as fast as everyone yeah. else. Yeah. But my, the leader at the time ran so ahead and I was like, I don't know where you guys are. And then they're like, check the map. And I was like, I'm lost. And like, it was really interesting, like in that experience, understanding, starting to build that self-awareness, like by playing a game mm -hmm. on what my strengths as a leader are or are not what's my communication skill like 
when do I give objectives and about giving feedback at the, the end of tasks. Like it was really cool. So you can have that stuff in the workspace, but this was a 10 week journey basically where we got in and then the coaches would come in at the end and they'd debrief us and you know give us that feedback. And that was cool. Like initially I was like, I don't wanna play a game. But when you're in there, it was just like, yeah, you're a team, you've got a project or a task to achieve, yeah. and then, yeah, go on. And it was, it was cool, the mm, learning was yeah. really cool. And I think that concept of quests is really mm. cool. I mean, I remember seeing, oh, I don't know, 15, 18 years ago now, and, and the, the concept of web quests came out when, when the internet was still quite young. And they were using it quite a lot in, in high schools and things, where they're just going, right, well, rather than us telling you everything, we'll give you a quest. Yep. And they would have to go away and, and research things on the internet around, and you know, some of the ones I saw were like around travel, and they had to go away and build a travel brochure. Mm -hmm. But all of that was, they, they, had, they had to go on this quest and find the information. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that idea of the quests and actually going out and having people find information. And again, you know, there's so much content out, out on the internet, and you know, rather than having to create everything, you know, we can have people where they can actually go and curate content or even have user-generated content. Yeah. So there's a whole lot of other aspects when you talk about gamification. You know, I mean, just just think, just today what we've mentioned, we've talked about things like personalization, which is another aspect of learning. We talk about social learning. Um, you know, there's the concept of user-generated user content, curation. There's all these other things that fit into the whole concept of gamification. Yeah. That when you when you sort of start to to explore the possibilities, obviously yeah, things like badges and points and motivation. There's a lot of stuff there that, that yeah runs off into into other areas that yeah. can work really well if you actually just use the game as the, the sort of the central point. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, talk to us about. I know you're really passionate about content curation. Mm -hmm. How does it benefit learning designers? Um. Well, I suppose in, in some ways it can do them out of a job, <laughs> you know, I mean, because they're not yeah, having... we'll cut the webinar now. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, it, well, it, it, it shouldn't, mm. but in terms of um, they may not have to actually go and develop so much content, and so therefore there might not be as much work for them. But certainly I think there's the ability to actually look at, right, there's some really good content out there, yeah. and, and the, the, the job of the learning designer, I think, is then actually making sense of that, bringing it together. I mean, so, and that's the thing where you've got a obviously distinct, uh, distinct difference between content curation and aggregation. So there's a lot of tools out there where we can aggregate content. I can go and do a search on content and pull it together. But I haven't actually done anything with it. Mm -hmm. So it's then a matter of that, the next step is the curation piece to go right. And now I've got all this aggregated content. What am I going to do with it? Yeah. And how am I going to put it together? Um, you know, it goes back to, you know, the, the, the likening to, to the museum and the art director, and the art director's probably got a, a warehouse full of paintings, yep. but he's only gonna put half a dozen paintings or a dozen paintings in a so room. True. Um, and that's that's where the, the job of the learning designer comes in. He's actually looking at that and going, right, well, I've got all this content here, but I actually only want these six or eight or 10 objects to, to send the message and, and yep. to, to tell that story. Yep. And that's, the, I think, where they need to be looking and in some cases they go right well I've got you know to tell the story and his you know his half dozen objects they're already on the web 
okay, I need to build two more to put it together. Yeah. Or maybe I build the overarching framework, or maybe I'm building the game that, that is linking people yeah. to that content. So I think that's where the, the learning designers can look at the, the idea of more time in the actual design of the experience and less time in the design of the content because they can curate the content. Yeah. It's so true, like because there's so many fantastic TED talks and mm -hmm. things like that out there working that are motivating and compelling people to do something different. Mm. So why would you try and tell that story or that principle mm. again or recreate it? Because we feel that that's our role as learning designers. Where really it's going, that's something that works. Millions of people have gone. This has impacted my life. Mm. Okay, that's the key piece that is going to help solve that. Thing that I need to tick yep. as part of my solution. So. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's it, it is, and then obviously if you can then build the game aspect around it. So it might be, you know, um, having whether they view that content as you know pre knowledge requirement and then go and play a game, um, or or they actually have to go and find that content themselves amongst you know amongst stuff that you've built or, or you've given them access, you know, yeah. sources to look at. Yeah, um, yeah, there's a whole range. What kind of tools um, have you guys used for the gamification? Like, so storyline, obviously you can still do elements in there and things that come up, you know, if points just come up, that's just variables and layers. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, Captivate, similar, like are there any other tools that you can recommend to the viewers that they should check out that can help with gamification? Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose if you're talking about the, the authoring tools, well, the simple ones obviously are things like, um, yeah, Storyline Captivate, um, Evolve is another one, and that's actually already got pre-built gamification things in it, such as points, stars, um, achievements. So you don't yeah, have cool. to go and do the, um, the, the 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 creation of variables and things that you would have to do in, in Storyline yep. Captivate. So that's that's a pretty cool one. Um, another one which I don't get to play with enough is a is a tool called Chatmapper, and Chatmapper is actually a branching scenario tool. It was actually originally designed as a game engine. So there's yeah, a lot of games, people probably played some of these games that were built with, with Chatmapper as the, as the back engine. Um, and so what you can actually now do, Chatmapper is now available where you can actually use it then to create branching scenarios with avatars and things, but you can actually take it that step further if you wanted to and actually put in a whole lot of you know, really cool graphical interface and, and actually create your own game yeah. using that tool. And that's, that's probably one really good one that you've got out there. Um, and then there's actually another tool that's, that's sort of tied into Chatmapper, which actually allows you to then push some of that stuff into a virtual reality environment. Oh, yeah. um, so then you can actually create a, you know, the game might be interacting with people, and you know, as Catherine mentioned before, about having these non-players. Mm -hmm. We can actually create, a, create an experience with non-players, so you actually talk to them and get information. But you could then actually put that into a virtual space, and people could then go, um, yep. Right, we're actually in a completely virtual room, yep. or virtual environment, and going around and, and, and playing and, and experiencing that. So yeah, so they're, they're some of the ones that we use. But uh, yeah, most of the tools you will be able to do something. But it's just a matter of how complex you want to get and, and where you've got the the, the, the the knowledge or the skills to do the variables and, and yeah. you know, conditioning and stuff that needs to happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. I think I'd like to go back to the story side of things, mm -hmm. especially around the story and those role playing and like mm -hmm. what captivates you in that aspect and, and that aspect of it. And then how can you use that in how you create your training solution? 
I think just with storytelling generally, whether it's in anything, we, you know, why we love film or novels mm. or books, there's, there's, you know, sometimes three acts or there's, uh, there's always stories have to have something. They have to have obviously a very strong hook, a beginning, and then there has to be some sort of dilemma. There has to be something in there that needs resolving. Yeah. So I think it's, again, it's just the, the, the standard good storytelling. Yeah. Um, I think then it has to have obviously little mini side stories as well, but it's all about that enrolling you in the character too. Um, yeah, so it, it's kind of looking at d dialogue as well, so you have to really look closely at how you write really strong dialogue yeah, between wow. characters because that is going to get you interested. It's not always easy writing really good Do you have any tips? Dialogue. Hmm. Um, I know, I suppose I think what would be good is if you actually sat with someone yeah. and you actually did some improvisation. Love it. So you kind of <laughs> said, I'm, I'm this person, you're that person, let's record and let it just flow yeah. and then take gems from that really, rather than sometimes just sitting there or at the keyboard saying, the first person said, yeah. you know, so that it, yeah. you're actually getting into role yeah. and improvising to help you develop the, yeah, the script it. or the dialogue. That's really yeah. cool. Do you think in a story when you've got those elements of like the beginning, the plot, the uh, what goes on, you know, and then it's like, oh, happy days or the resolution, whatever it is, mm. can you mix them up in order? Because I'm just thinking oh, yeah. and learning like sure. sometimes you put the activity first and then you take them on the journey. How, how do you see that happening? I'm not like familiar with this, so. Oh, I don't know. I think sometimes, you know, we do the old, um, there, there's, you know, an opening scene or something like, you know, call it the hook, yeah. and it might actually be the ending and then there's a whole flashback idea. So you can play around oh, with yeah. how you put things in and intrigue the, the learner and, and yeah. yeah, start with the end. Don't ever do that one though, where there's a really good story and then uh, at the end they wake up and it was all a dream. Oh, no. You know, and you read children's stories and you it's like, no, to no one's training. allowed to do that one. <laughs> it's never wake Remember up. Remember that. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. What do you reckon stories for learning? Oh yeah, no, very good. I mean, people people remember the context more than the content mm, yeah you know? and i'll remember stories more than i remember facts yeah so i think yeah if you can build the stories into it and engage people in, in the story then yeah there's certainly some, some huge benefits there i mean you've just got to look at there's so many stories that have you know been around for, for years and and urban myths and, and all these sort of you yeah. know, different mm. things and you know like aesop's fables were written back in I don't know, 400 bc or something like some stupid thing like that you know that and they're still still got good stories it's mm. still and yeah. they've been passed along so there's obviously some features about them people are using and there's some good messages in them so i, I think yeah if you can then again do that in in the learning situation mm. um and and when people you know when people remember stuff as well when you're talking about them, go, oh, i remember this time when they don't remember they very rarely will actually remember a simple fact yeah there's probably a story around why they're remembering that fact Mm. You know? um, and, and again, you know, with stories can help to, to you know, trigger other, other emotions and other experiences as well, which can then help with that, that further learning. That's so, so true. Um, I think one thing I've just been exploring a couple of examples at the moment 
just for inspiration and around that emotion and bringing in the other senses and especially in the e-learning space like so a few of the examples that I saw they had like this eerie music playing and like all, yep. all of a sudden I'm like okay well I'm not just doing e-learning I'm like mm -hmm. what's going on it was like mysterious and they the uh, nar narrator was speaking in an accent like an old movie and you could start to visualize like those old gangster movies the mm -hmm. way it was set up but then there's like so that side of it where you've got like the music coming in how like it's not just a general voiceover going oh on this page blah 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 like that story is brought in with those senses there was another one where it was um, an interactive video and it's basically like you choose your own adventure well, you don't choose your own adventure because it's like a knife one and it's like do you end up stabbing someone at the back because of yep. like peer pressure but that real sense of the story where it's first person, um, this guy comes in, he's talking to you, they're like, come on mate, you gotta go, you feel under pressure, and you're like, oh my God, what am I, what's my decision next? And like, now I feel like it's connected to me because yes. it's in the feeling. Yep. Yeah. That's the, that's the British youth work. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 If, you play, if you play the right pathway, you actually get stabbed yourself. Yeah. And you pass mm -hmm. out, on it, and that's it, and that finishes. So, and that thing just brings up, yeah, some, some really good emotion. Mm. Yeah. Um, and they certainly have some good results with that as a, as a tool to, to educate children, you know, mm. not children, but youth in, in terms of, you know, dealing with dealing with gang violence and knives and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, and that's the thing. They could, you could easily have gone, hey, here's an infographic which shows you how many kids have been stabbed with knives and youth, and that probably go, yeah, it's not going to happen to me, I'm not going to get yeah. in that mm. situation. So but then true. if you actually build a story and put them into that story, um, yeah, then it might be have a bit more of a, thing there and again there's coming back to, to the emotional piece as well is that you don't know what what emotional things might trigger people's mm -hmm. memories and things or what their what their emotional motivators are yeah and if you actually build a good story then you might actually get you know the emotional motivators in, in a couple of ways yeah you know so if we go okay let's build a story around health and safety and well there might be one person that's got the motivator around you know actually being safe mm. um, and, and you know wanting to be healthy but then there might be someone else that realizes okay if I actually injure myself at work um, and my wife's you know just had a baby and you know at home and we've got no other income then financial motivators are going to have an impact yeah. there so it just depends on on how you build that story but there could actually be different motivators which then yep. has a different impact on how people respond to that training um, whereas your standard hits and content reader He's not going to interact into those different yeah. motivators. So, yeah. yeah, that's cool. All right, well, we might wrap it up soon. Mm. So what is a resource or a tool that has helped you in your gamification or storytelling journey that you can share with the audience and go, you guys should check this out? Um, I suppose in terms of in terms of storytelling, there's yep. a couple of great books. Um, Ray Hermanes, who uh, works uh, with Vignettes Learning in the US, I've got what, three, or, three or four of his books yeah. and they've been great, some really good things and, and talking about what, what Catherine was talking about in terms of the, the, the elements of needing in his stories. So for me, in the story based thing, that's one of the, one of the places yeah. I'd go. Um, and yeah, and he's certainly very, you know, quite a, quite a, quite a good character and, and quite knowledgeable in that space. So yeah, great resource to go to there. Yeah, cool. Do you have any? Um, I was just thinking for people maybe who aren't in the gaming world but are interested 
and they don't want to play a game, but there's this channel called Twitch, and oh, you can actually yeah. go on and yep. uh, watch people game, and they talk about this. Obviously, with anything, there's really great channels, and there's <laughs> but um, that's a really good way to just have a look at the gaming world and have someone you know, talk yeah. about their experiences and things and you can get in the chat room and so forth. But um, yeah, that's just something I can think of for people who aren't in that sort of world yeah. and don't want to pick up a game to... Yeah. yeah I think, yeah, it's a good point and I think mine would be experiment. Like maybe mm. just download an app and give it a go and figure out why you like it, what has made you... Or even just look at your home screen now, what sits on the home screen what are the common apps that you keep going back to? Yeah. Like the notifications that pops up on Facebook, you know, that's an element of game yeah. Me yeah, mechanics, absolutely. you know, to yeah. get you in there to go back and how they show you the content. So think about why do I keep going back into this? And then on the story side of things, like I think pay attention to the song that you listen to. Why, yes. do you, why is that your favorite song? What yeah. kind of story, what connection does it have to you? And same with movies, yeah. you know, why do you love that movie as your favorite one? Or, you know, or what do you not like about the song or movies as well? And I think, I think advertising as well is a good one. To look at. Yeah. When you look yeah. at ads and look at how they, what they do with some ads, um, and they are going through and telling stories. You know? And that's in a really short space of yep. time what yep. they can yep. do yep. in that little bit of time. Yep. That's, and that's and sometimes it might be annoying, but you actually do remember it. Yes. Yep. You know? So there's some, some Frank good Walker. features. That, that's good. Frank Walker, <laughs> Natural Trials, yeah. You know? and they, but there's, some, there's some, some very very good elements that they use in telling the story mm. and engaging people um, yeah, in ads, and, and we probably should be doing more of that in our, in our room as well. I really like that. Cool. Well, thank you to Catherine and to Matt. Really appreciate having this chat with you and getting all excited about gamification and storytelling. So thank you to the listeners. Hope you enjoyed the chat and look forward to having you on the next listen to our podcast. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. Bye.